28 minutes to go before we get to 9 o'clock. As I said, I've been really looking forward to this conversation from the beginning of the show. Of course, uh, we're talking to uh, the Deputy Speaker of Parliament, and that's Mr. Lechisa Tenori, Deputy Speaker at Parliament. Good evening, sir, and thank you for joining us. Thank you, sir. Great one. So, of course, uh, you have a very, very, very busy year ahead yet again. Um, uh, obviously, there's all kinds of interesting bits and pieces that happen in Parliament. But I think first and foremost, we have to look at the State of the Nation address uh, for 2019. It makes sense to have a state, if I'm not mistaken, this would be the second State of the Nation address for this year. Um, obviously, uh, we have a new administration uh, a new mandate for the president, as well as this parliament in sitting. Uh, so it would make sense to have a new State of the Nation address, isn't it so? Yes, absolutely, it's correct. Uh, the, all the transitions from one term, well, we call it that, uh, speaking English, not politics, mm. transitions from the fifth term to the sixth term requires that uh, not only should we get a State of the Nation address, a debate on the budget, even if it is the previous one. It's important that the people who are coming in, including political parties that are completely new and are not part of the discussion of the earlier one, get into the scheme of things. And this is what we are looking forward to. Oh no, that's that, and I mean that makes obvious sense because uh, you know it's a new opportunity, it's a uh, it's a new five year vision ahead, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean, uh, look, uh, the most important issue is, especially in a year where we have two State of the Nation addresses. Now, I know that the last State of the Nation address, there were ma- massive budgetary cutbacks, um, ensuring uh, that obviously we, we're in a space whereby we're not spending more than what we can afford. We know that there's a massive, massive limit in terms of budgetary spend. But no matter how much you cut the budget by, if you're going to have more than one State of the Nation address in one year, you are going to pick up and escalate costs. What are some of the measures... Uh, Deputy Speaker, that's been put in place to try to ensure uh, that we're not spending more than what we should be spending on what many will deem as uh, a luxury, a luxurious event, ultimately? Well, strictly speaking, um, uh, luxurious would be a debatable point. Mm. Partly, what we have started, what we have been doing all along, every state of the nation address so far, we have uh, transparently on the basis of. Are you there? Are you there, Deputy? Yes, I'm there. Yeah, yeah. And I'm saying that uh, as a result of the requirement from the public to understand how much money is used for spending in this event, uh, what are we doing ourselves as Parliament? Especially also because we are the ones who hold the executive to account for how they are using public resources and uh, to, to the extent that they do so properly and so on. So we ourselves must be transparent in how we are using money, especially uh, during the hosting of events like this one that we are going to host. So uh, the amount of money we've been spending has been going down on an ongoing basis. 
Okay, fair enough. And I, I mean, I, I think that from what I've seen, um, that there is an amount, and I'm, I'm double checking this with you. Is it only two million rands that's going to be spent on this particular uh, state of the nation address? Because this is something that ordinarily, uh, in my mind, would probably amount to a lot more. And what is the usual benchmark or the usual amount that we expect to spend on a state of the nation address? Well, uh, let me let me perhaps also specify that we've cut down on elements of the ceremonial uh, aspects of the coming together. For example, we are not bringing in our usual visitors, um, uh, veterans from the provinces, people who we have to pay for mm. to bring over to Cape Town and accommodate them, yeah. uh, including the young guards. Uh, who, who often play an important role in the environment because we seek to expose them to the political uh, environment so that uh, they do not only get to be part of the ceremony itself, but in the debate, mm. to the debate itself, and subsequently becomes a huge part of what they get exposed. Often the, the current... Uh, uh, focus of some of some of the reportage takes more attention than the others, such as the debates uh, about what is likely to happen, why uh, explanations for that valid from those who are holding office, and what different things could be done. And subsequent to the state of the uh, national address, both uh, various political parties as well as these. Uh, and other stakeholders have an opportunity to engage with those issues and talk about it around the event itself, which provides for the substance, essentially, of what the State of the Nation is about. Not only that, but also subsequently in the, in the week that follows the State of the Nation address, we have already laid the foundation for this debate inside Parliament itself so that the President then responds to those. So a combination of these various aspects are a crucial part of exposure uh, to the public, uh, to especially the new members who are coming <coughs> this time around. We can talk about that. Yeah. Uh, as well as to civil society and the community at large to listen to how uh, the president is responding to the issues that arose from the recent election campaign. And I think that it's also great. I mean, obviously, it's always nice to watch uh, the State of the Nation address or the opening of Parliament, as we call it, uh, informally, because it has a lot of pomp and ceremony. You know, the the military uh, displays, um, uh, the police and the band and the choir and and all of those elements that take, uh, you know, almost, uh, uh, you know, at least two hours before the president actually joins us on stage and or, uh, you know, at the podium and tells us what um, the future holds for us as a nation. Um, but I see that that has been cut back also because of the weather, that because you're expecting bad weather at the time in Cape Town, um, as well as, uh, you know, austerity measures, for lack of a better term. Yes. Well, I'm sorry, I may not be hearing properly. There's a, a noise that I cannot control. But... Mm. Uh, the, the, those aspects of the function are a part, but perhaps slightly more dramatic, mm. what goes in inside and publicly visible. 
So it often also takes that uh, and its effect on public perception that uh, why should that be done and so on. Part of it is that, um, that those uh, events constitute part of a public uh, uh, ritual. I've said before that uh, this event constitutes the rituals that uh, countries and people generally often put together mm. to mark significant uh, milestones in the progress that they are making. So they often have that. There are, there are aspects of the military parades and so on that have been cut down. We won't have the numbers that we had before, uh, yeah. as, as was reported, for example, in the last stage of the national press. Those numbers are being cut. And, uh, but you see, there is a significance to the reality that when three arms of the state, when the leadership of the country is under one roof, yeah. from a variety of sectors of society, we have to take measures to ensure that they, they'll be safe, including the public. The visitors who on their hospice. own come from all over the country and residents of Cape Town, mm. uh, in whose environment these events are taking place. So it's absolutely crucial that the security uh, of people is assured, that we can assure them and the local businesses around that uh, there will be uh, protection so that uh, no one of the usual, uh, uh, what do you call them, uh, thugs who often uh, create problems and undermine often the public legitimate protest that takes place. I hear you. Okay, can we do this, uh, Deputy Speaker, also in an effort to try to uh, fix your line there? We're just going to take a quick break. Uh, and then just come back to you and just wrap up with, uh, you know, some other elements that I just wanted to explore with you around Parliament and, and what your hopes, especially, and I mean, you have had your fair share of having to quell uh, what some people would say is, is robust debate, but at times, quite frankly, people being rude and obnoxious towards each other. How, what, what your hope is in how people conduct themselves uh, for the next five years in Parliament. Let's have a chat about that just after this. Follow 702 on Facebook. We have about um, what 15 minutes left before we get to the top of the hour at 9 o'clock. And we still continue our conversation with uh, the Deputy Speaker of Parliament, and that is uh, Mr. Lechisa uh, Tenori. And I just wanted to check with you, Mr. Tenori, on this issue of Parliament and what we are looking forward to in terms of what what we see happening in parliament because obviously this is where legislation is drafted this is where um uh, you know that legislation is in turn debated this is also the space where uh, we'd like to see a little more uh, accountability as it relates to our executive and um you know a lot needs to happen in that particular space but i think the one thing that stands out is how people conduct themselves on an ordinary basis as parliamentarians and two incidents already come to mind and that is for example the beautifully leather-bound constitution which was meant for uh, you know these uh, parliamentarians entering parliament i understand that some of those have gone missing because uh, uh, some parliamentarians reported that they didn't have uh, their uh, their copies of this uh, leather-bound constitution and it turns out that someone might have taken a couple extra and already 
Um, if I'm not mistaken, the speaker has had to come out and basically say an investigation has to be conducted. And apart from that, uh, you know, let's call a thing what it is. And that is from what she euphemized theft in that particular instance, which is quite unfortunate. And then second to that is also what happened in the... Uh, now, I know this is not where you're sitting. You're not sitting in the National Council of Provinces. You're sitting in the National Assembly. But it was unfortunate to see fisticuffs so early on in this new administration uh, between uh, members of, of the National uh, uh, Council of Provinces. I mean, what, what do you say about that? How do we hold these politicians, these parliamentarians to account to conduct themselves uh, with a little better uh, decorum? For example, not stealing constitutions and you know taking the one constitution that was allocated to you and second to that ensuring that you're not getting into a physical altercation because you disagree with someone from another political party yes no this is uh, uh, those elements uh, that happened in are very disturbing Um, we feel that they are wrong Mm. that in fact they shouldn't have happened Um, and part of the induction program during which these things happen is precisely the reason why the public representative needs this kind of induction that we are undertaking. Mm. Uh, as you correctly point out, the speaker came down quite strongly on these matters. And similarly, the, the, the chair of the National Council of Provinces and the deputy. Because... Um, uh, there, there are things that we can do inside Parliament mm. uh, to to persuade uh, MPs to follow the rules because they are very explicit, they are very clear, they are designed in recognition of the reality that we come from different political parties. Therefore, these differences may sometimes get in our way of doing important work. So the rules are a way to negotiate our differences and act in a manner that is collectively agreed on. When we fail to do that, mm. uh, is the public that also must take exception to this and communicate to these MPs and, uh, uh, as regularly and appropriately to, com- to communicate uh, uh, the public's disgust at this behavior. Because we do point out regularly, I mean, this is what we say every state of the national press ahead of it, that the Quran both inside and inside the House, is what is expected of a public representative who is self-respecting. We expect it more so inside Parliament, so that people realize that we value debate, we value robustness, but not uh, the kind of conduct that we hear reported on and so on. So I, 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 I feel very strongly about this matter, and... Uh, uh, it is unfortunate that uh, people have not come to recognize even early on uh, their choice as public representative uh, raise these questions because how do we have people who have such conduct in the first place uh, coming to parliament and doing things such as we hear they are doing? It's absolutely inappropriate. Look, uh, we've had some incidents of violence uh, through a uh, creep into. Hello? Uh, are you are you with us, there, Deputy Speaker? Yes, I am. Yes, uh, what I, am. I was saying is, is that we've seen violence creeping into the conduct of many of our 
uh, MPs, some foul language being used, people throwing water jugs at each other. We've seen some serious injuries being incurred because of, uh, you know, having to, for example, uh, have people forcibly removed from uh, from the National Assembly. We've also seen incidents of, um, you know, all kinds of allegations being thrown around, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean, uh, how are we going to quell that? Because I think that in as much as some might find it entertaining, it's quite frankly disgusting, and that's not what we should be seeing uh, in, 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 in the House of Parliament. How are we going no, to curtail that? How are we going to cut that down? Uh, we are not a bunch of clowns. Uh, we, are not, we are not there in order to conduct some entertainment stories. Mm. We are there to carry out the, the work of Parliament. Mm. And broadly speaking, it is expected of us, our conduct must be exemplary. Because, you see, our country comes from a very conflictual history and its scars remains, and its legacy remains. And we can't be using methods uh, to resolve our differences that we have said they should be set aside. It was not an, an accident that we uh, declared that we, should, uh, uh, we will suspend uh, use of arms to resolve our conflict in the South African situation, that we will conduct ourselves politically, that the Constitution guides us in doing that. And uh, and this is why I'm saying this is a societal problem. Uh, we've just come out of an election that elected people. And uh, if this is the conduct that some of them display, it is bad. Uh, it's bad news. It's about also the, the responsibility that we collectively uh, hold. Sometimes there's an impression created that uh, some people glorify those instances and events about everything else that is orderly, that shows good example. Mm. And, and so those who, are, who tend to like those kind of behaviors are, in a sense, encouraged to do it uh, because they assume this is how you get publicity, this is how you get uh, uh, communicated about, and they don't mind being uh, portrayed like that in their own estimation of their political strategy. So it is a problem that uh, has to be addressed by all parts of our society, principally also including ourselves inside the institution for which we are responsible. Uh, we, we, we never thought, uh, those of us who have been around Parliament for some time now, that we would have to uh, involve the uh, protection services to mm. help people uh, go out of the house when they have defied the authority of the presiding officers. And this is what has happened because we... Uh, we didn't want to go that route, but we have a responsibility for the business of the institution to continue uh, undisturbed, so that those who refuse to go out must be guided outside. Where violence took place, that's completely unfortunate, and, and, and this is what we've been talking about within our staff and with other MPs as well, that we don't want to go some of the ways we have seen these violent places taking place elsewhere in the country. We can't afford that in South Africa. We come out of that violent period and we must keep it uh, out there and not bring it back, uh, whatever the intentions those have. There's a very interesting question that came through from a listener actually via my Facebook. Interestingly enough, uh, Paul Mputi asking this question uh, that I should ask you, Mr. Tenori, um, if um, you would consider the EFF's suggestion, I guess that's broadly speaking to Parliament, uh, that uh, members of Parliament's uh, expenditure of food and drinks be set aside to bring down 
um, you know, the amount that we're spending on our various uh, officials, that uh, they should also bring uh, the proverbial scuff team to work. Is that something that you would seriously consider? Well, uh, suggestions like those can come. Members are not uh, giving food for free, by the way. It is misleading to suggest that people are giving food for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, people pay. The, uh, uh, in fact, in the last uh, uh, year, prices of food inside Parliament were increased. There was an initial impression that people are giving uh, free food. Mm. Um, except for sandwiches that are served uh, during certain meetings and so on. Very, uh, uh, what is minor by way of operation. And it is also convenient that uh, members must be able to, uh, instead of going out of the area, mm. uh, those restaurants that are there are designed for people to buy their food there and eat uh, inside the premises. If they go into the city, to buy those things or as they claim brings cup teams and so on. We do want to ensure that people are able to get food the closest and so on. Are not always able to do that. So that that, that, that that suggestion can be put in the discussion about the budget of parliament so that we must uh, as, uh, evaluate each one of them for the impact it's going to have for the for the work of parliament. We do uh, and wish uh, we could go the egalitarian way so that um, as much money of the public gets used for purposes for which it is used. It must not be used wastefully, nor should it be stolen uh, by those who have stolen it in the past, including those who attempt to hide it behind sophisticated schemes and so on. Well, I guess, Mr. Tenori, it's only fair that uh, all of us agree that we wish you all the best for the next five years. Whether And, and it's not about uh, people's political stances. Is I think that we want the country to work and to work much better than what it did uh, in the last decade. Um, I mean, that's a different conversation altogether about the things that have gone wrong. Uh, the level of accountability by Parliament, etc., etc. But obviously, in this particular instance, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's what we want. That we want to see greater uh, amounts of, you know, that, that the parliamentarians actually do the work that they're supposed to do, um, no, and that absolutely. obviously uh, comply with what the rules are of Parliament in ensuring that they actually um, uh, get uh, to do the business that they're being paid for. All the best to you, and good luck, as I said. Thank you very much. Can I just say one small thing? Uh, that uh, we now have a joint committee of the NCOP and the National Assembly, sure. which now holds the leadership of Parliament to account for also use of resources and other related issues. That's brilliant. And it is also important politically to understand that the Speaker is the Speaker of the National Assembly, and so is his deputy. We are not the speaker and deputy of parliament. We are of yeah, the yeah. National Assembly. Of National Assembly, and sure. Separately, the chair and deputy belong to the NCOP. It's an important, uh, what is it, uh, induction program we are doing also as we begin the year. I hear you, I hear you, I hear you. And I won't call you an anarchist. It was a lovely in, uh, conversation. All the best. Cheers, Mr. Tenori. Cheers. That was the Deputy Speaker uh, of the National Assembly.